gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, back for another side edition. Sorry, we're running a few minutes late working through the technical issues, but we're back talking DC United, Washington Spirit, U.S. men's, women's national team occasionally when we feel like it. John, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? You uh, you, uh, you went up to the, to the game. I did. I was in the house. I was at the Screaming Eagles tailgate making a lot of new friends uh, and uh, watching a pretty awesome game of soccer, at least for most of it. Yeah, fun, fun game of soccer. A lot, a lot of good things to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into the DC United game. Um, I unfortunately had to cram the game in between uh, getting off work, uh, walking the dog, and then coming and doing the show. Um, so I crammed it all in there. Managed to actually watch the game. So I'm fresh. I got fresh eyes, or more remembered eyes, <laughs> yeah, maybe on the game. So, um, so it's going to be fresher in my head maybe than John. So maybe I'll need to take the lead. I don't know how many tailgate beers John had. That might I had, influences. I had quite a few. I had uh, <laughs> I had quite a few of them. So, but let's uh, let's start out. Uh, we're not going to start with DC. We're going to start with probably I would DC's playoff run and what they've done this year. Um, I, I have some qualms with the national media. I'll get into that in a minute uh, about how they've been treating DC United as as of late. Uh, I'm talking to you, Andrew Weeby. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. I'm calling you out. I'm going to put this in the show notes. I'm gonna tweet at you. Let's go. Um, but let's talk. Uh, let's talk Washington Spirit because that's fun. They got a two-one victory uh, over FC Kansas City. Uh, a hard, hard, hard fought game um, in a lot of ways. But I guess that the more important thing is what's happening off the field. Should we talk game or should we talk off the field first? John? The game is think? not as important, but we can get through that quickly. I think that yeah. that's uh, crazy lineup. Kelly O'Hara playing a forward for the first time in quite some time. Uh, Tara McKeown scores her first first league goal first uh, professional goal and she scores it 15 seconds after the second half started mm-hmm. uh and this is the first time that the spirit have won at segra field ever and it is also the last time they play there this season so uh maybe that's the last time they'll ever win at segra because it's the last time they'll ever play there that's a hope that's a fingers crossed situation but uh i think that i mean that's the, that's the crazy part i think anna helferty got to play at the same time as the defensive uh, sort of U.S. allocated players. That was always the question of how you get around the field. Um, didn't have a didn't have a wonderful game, but I like that she got up in the midfield. I mean, it seems like this was a game um, where you have one team. This is this is why some teams are bad. Uh, we've experienced this at DC, uh, where you watch DC dominate a game. They you know generate all the chances. You think, oh man, this is the time they're going to do it. And uh, they just kind of let it slip away. Uh, the, the FC Kansas City, uh, I don't care about any type of curse or anything like that. Uh, Spirit needed to win this game. If, if they wanted to, if, if they lose this game, I would say that that would do it, uh, at least in my mind, for them having any chance of sneaking into the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's important to remember that they took two three nothing losses yep. in the last uh, 28 days. So that that's hurts them in a, in a league as tight as this one. That is uh, that's hefty. Goal differential alone. Like, there aren't a lot of yeah. 3 nothing defeats naturally occurring in NWSL. So the fact that they got two of them because they couldn't take the field because of COVID violations, uh, that that is notable. And the fact, you know, you want them to beat KC, they are bad, right? And they're getting better. Clearly, I think that they have actually improved throughout the season. And trading for uh, uh, French was a, was a good move by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would have hoped to see them win, even without playing for three weeks, and they were able to do that. Uh, wasn't perfect, but uh, players that I, I feel like Ashley Hatch wasn't available. She was in, had an excused absence. I feel like uh, Chris Ward put players in the positions that he wanted to, sort of took it away from where the team had conventionally played these players and said, I'm just going to, I'm taking advantage of my time here. I'm going to put these players where I want to put them. Uh, and, it, and it worked out. Andy Sullivan scored a penalty. Well, very well struck. She's on a... A goal-scoring binge now with her U.S. Women's National Team duty coming to a close, scoring two there, and now getting a third here for the penalty spot. Uh, but Tara McEwen's goal, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, uh, very well taken. Uh, a very slow roller from very far out, but she was <laughs> uh, she she, just, she put it exactly where she needed to, and she uh, she put the defense on skates a couple times. So um, Trinity Rodman, they were, apparently there were a lot of subs uh, starting in the second half that was planned ahead of time because they have a lot of games coming up. And these players have not had a lot of minutes on their legs the last couple, last three weeks. So it was about trying to make sure that, you know, you rest Rodman, you rest some of those players in the second half. But uh, points, we're on to the next, we're on to the next one. 
and and just to just to give you guys a a uh, an in, some insight into the tie breaking rules in NWSL, it's head to head win loss record between teams tied on points. So right now, despite being tied on points, they are they are currently tied with the Houston Dash, uh, and they have the advantage due to the fact that they probably I think they beat them at their home game, mm-hmm. and then they uh, got to pick up a draw. So they currently have the upper hand over over the Houston the Dash. The famous RFK Refugees live Twitch broadcast game. <laughs> Yes, and the other uh, the other teams they face are the the other teams that are kind of they're kind of locked in right now um, are the Orlando Pride and just taking a quick look at like where they stand. Obviously, I think no, they don't play them. Uh, they actually have the upper hand on Orlando. Um, so despite taking two three nothing losses, uh, both both the Carolina both the uh, Portland Thorns and the OL, OL Reign are well ahead of them in the standings. Uh, in fact, I think that. That three nothing win helped kind of secure things for them uh, at the top of the table. Looking at how the standings look, um, DC, uh, sorry, Washington Spirits still also have a game in hand on Chicago Red Stars and Orlando Pride, who they're currently chasing. So it's you know not over, not certainly not over yet. This team can certainly come together, and I think they've shown resiliency and ability to to sort of overcome the 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 noise that's kind of happening outside of them. Speaking of the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the noise, uh, let's let's talk about what's happened. Um, this has been a saga that has uh, developed. Uh, for, first, let's talk about, I guess, the the news. Uh, I believe it was the backup goalkeeper for the Washington Spirit was suspended for a game. Um, and I'm trying to remember her name. And I feel Devin really Kerr. bad. Yep. So the reason Devin why Kerr. this is uh, notable is she was suspended for violating a team directive, team medical directive. That that report did not come. And by the way. You know, as ever, let's listen to Plex Weather, uh, the Washington Spirit specific podcast from Black and Red United. They discussed this last week. Uh, but uh, she had taken the vaccine. She had never tested positive. She was told by the team. A lot of this is sort of secondhand. She was told by the team, uh, you can't travel. And then was also told by a team official, you can travel. So she traveled. And that's what got them in trouble. <laughs> So she got she got a little miscommunication on the team level. Wait, just fits. I mean, that's what we've heard. But if that's the truth, that just sort of fits with everything that's gone on. Yeah, uh, with the organization in the last whole year. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it, it feels. I think Devin Kerr was getting some um, um, abuse leveled at her on Twitter over this, which, uh, uh, which you know, Evan is do not. Nope, nope. And you know, I've seen a lot of. Um, yeah, I've I've been I've been reading a lot of posts, uh, and we'll get to we'll get to who should be taking over this team in a minute here. Uh, but I, you know, I've been reading a lot of posts from you know I've been perusing the NWSL Facebook boards, and I'm seeing numerous people sort of tweet out, "Oh, they should just you know collapse the team and find a new owner and build it up again." And I'm like, no. number one, number one, you, you you don't know that there's going to be an owner. One was like, "Oh, give it to Austin. Austin wants a team. Give it to them, or give it to some other city." I'm like, "No, no, no. That's that's not that's not the 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 that's not the right move here. Um, the right move is for the rest of the ownership to take some leadership, to step in, come to Steve Baldwin and say, we have to figure out a way to end this. Um, we'll see what the investigation, uh, what the un- investigation y- yields this week, supposedly. Um, this week, supposedly, I, I am." I am cautiously op- optimistic. It very much feels like because Michelle Michelle King actually has been very very quiet um, throughout this whole thing, and but you have been seeing behind the scenes, uh, Steve Baldwin's people pick, handpick staff has been filing um, has been filing uh, uh, com- has been filing you know complaints against her, uh, trying to you know sort of paint her in a bad light, and she's been very quiet about the whole thing, and then she finally speaks up. Uh, she finally comes out. I think it was yesterday. Um, says, or I think actually today it was today. This yeah, it was this morning. Thing. Sorry, y'all folks. Work's been work's been bad for me. Um, but uh, but you know, she kind of steps up and says, you know, really outlines that you know she had a deal. She confirms at least to herself that there was a deal for her to take over ownership. Steve Baldwin backed out, um, and really, uh, really, really sets the stage of. I, I think it's almost a call to NWSL. Help me fix this. I'm ready to take ownership. You look at all this bad press you're getting. This can be fixed very easily. Um, and I, I'm hopeful this is this is going to near a resolution um, very, very soon. We can only hope, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing she says she wants to do, uh, build a safe and transplant workplace 
and culture based on diversity, equity, and inclusion, including implementing hiring practices that are open and merit based. That's a shot across the bow at uh, Richie Burke and mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, some other folks that were hired along that along with them. Uh, invest in building a world class training environment, including Washington Spirit dedicated practice facilities with an all necessary tools, technology, and additional staff to be successful and compete for championships every year. I wonder if that's something about Loudon. I wonder if that's as and we'll talk about the Loudon facility being opened here shortly. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. something about that. Provide the best living and development environment for the players to realize their full potential on and off the field, including individual and team health and well-being coaches and resources. Establish highly functioning and scalable business operations that give each individual staff member a voice and empower them to make decisions and grow in their jobs and develop strong strategic relationships with our fans and supporter groups, the DC community and DC United and NWSL teams, blah, blah, blah. Notable in the supporter group, uh, I don't know if we just already mentioned this, but... uh, the Spirit Squadron uh, had a statement. Uh, statement that came, mm-hmm. they, they came out last week and said basically, "Sell the team, Steve. Until you sell this team, uh, we're not going to do the things that we normally do. We're not going to play drums. We're not going to wave flags. We're not going to have any sort of vocal presence at the games. We're going to go because we have tickets, uh, and we're just going to watch the game uh, until yeah. things change." And I wasn't there. If I, I know that we have some folks here on, in the chat who were at the game. Uh, uh, who could maybe give us a call in and uh, talk about the atmosphere and what it was like there in Segura. But uh, on TV, it was pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, I think, you know, I, I think it's 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 good that the Spirit Squadron stepped up. Um, I think one notable thing and part of my reasoning in maybe thinking that that we're, we're, we're heading towards a, a potential conclusion is uh, who was at the game and who was not at the game. Uh, Michelle Kang was at the game. Uh, it was reported she was there uh, supporting the team. And uh, Steve Baldwin and uh, I believe Yari, uh, was it Larry Best, I think his name is? Mm-hmm. The guy uh, who uh, was mentioned in the article uh, as making derogatory comments towards uh, towards female players. And uh, very, very uh, – I, I won't repeat what he, what he has been saying, uh, what he said here. You can go read um, Molly's article in the Washington Post if you want to check what out uh, – all the information about that. Uh, but basically said some said some really derogatory things towards the players. Uh, it, it is it, it is it is the, like I, I have to feel that there is a bottom here and I'm, I'm hoping we've we finally maybe reached it. And maybe now we're going to start to see some uh, some things turn around. Um, I'm not sure what the what the solution is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be the league. Yeah, I don't. Here's you know, I'm going to put myself in Steve Baldwin's head. And I feel like once you get in this position once you've been accused of the things you've been accused of credibly, once you sell, you're it's like a it's like a it's like a no contest plea. You're you're basically saying like I'm not saying I'm guilty, but clearly I'm kind of guilty. I am not gonna stay and fight this. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna give give my uh, my roles or sell my sell my spot. Uh, so you understand why if he really does think that this is all sort of an unfair paint, and he wants to stay in the community and wants to do other things, like he's gonna fight that. The problem for him is that no one's going to forget this, mm-hmm. and if the league if the league moves on it and and makes him sell a team, that's just as bad or maybe worse because now there's a third party basically confirming, yeah, man, all the things everyone said about you are in fact true, <laughs> and you are not fit to be an owner in this league, and we are are, are making you sell your shares. So uh, it's going to have to be the league. I really don't think he's going to do this of his own volition, and it, this is probably Michelle's card to play here. I think this was the pl- this was the trump card. I don't know what else she's going to do that's going to change things. Obviously the uh report is going to come out soon, maybe this week. Mm-hmm. That will be the other part of it. If that doesn't if that doesn't cause if that doesn't trigger a change in that way, I I don't I don't think there's going to be a change. I think it's going to be a bad time here for a while uh until either the asset depreciates enough that Steve doesn't want doesn't want it anymore or something else happens. I just don't see it Otherwise, I can't. My, my, my biggest fear in all of this is that Steve digs his heels in mm-hmm. the league, either doesn't have the will or the ability to to force a change here. Um, and inevitably, Michelle just says, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. Right. Bye. My time. Yeah, this is this. Is, I, you know, I try my best. I'm here. And, and I think the NWSL would be very foolish if they do not strongly try to get a situation in here um i think this is this is a time when ownerships mira paulson's 
the the big big time owners need to step in and really uh, they, they really it comes down to them. Uh, Lisa Barrett's the commissioner, but really a lot of this is driven by the owners out there. Uh, and you already have an owner who lost a lot of revenue. If I'm Merritt Paulson, I am banging the drum to get Steve out. Figure out a way. Let's do it. If we have to pay him, we have to pay him. Whatever we have to do to get him to 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 get to get rid of this asset, we have somebody who's a willing buyer, someone who has uh, connected herself with the players, who's made a lot of efforts to do that, who was actually one of the few people the players seemed to feel comfortable talking with about what was going on, which makes sense. She she has shown to be a much more capable owner than Steve Baldwin. Make the move. It's on. It's really it's on NWSL to to show that they can they can be a grown up organization. And come up with a, an a, you know, a, a, a way to end this. And uh, if and if he, you know, if he if they don't do that, uh, she should just say, "I'm going to start a team in, in Florida where I live," because obviously now she's got a big passion for this. And if they if the league won't make Steve sell the shares, or Steve will not finally sort of go back and agree to what he agreed to before, clearly she has a passion for it, and she should start a team down in Florida. I think it, she's she's clearly another one. Uh, uh, to maybe like sort of have the two, the, uh, maybe maybe NWL is not big enough to have a second team down there uh, yet, but she's she's clearly full hundred percent in for a person who's late into the game. You got the USL, uh, you got the uh, USL starting a super league, a second division, almost a full second division league. I thought the W League was supposed to be the second division, but apparently USL is is throwing their hat. That's going to be the third division, which DC United is going to have a team. Open Cup time. Yep. Open Cup, I, I, we I dig it. We love it. Yeah, I won. I won a a women's Open Cup. That that's something that needs to happen. My idea was actually why not just make the Challenge Cup, like just turn that into mm-hmm. the like into the uh, into like a women's Open Cup. I think that would be kind of cool. Here's a question: something we should do when Open Cup starts again. Why don't we do like a live uh, uh, wraparound show for Open Cup? Yeah, why not? <laughs> do it on cool? Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anybody else doing this. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd chat. Be fun. Let let us know if that's something interesting. We will, we will definitely do it. Speak. Speaking of Speak, speaking of major major tournaments, uh, well, I guess anything else we want to close on the spirit. No, I'm excited uh, to talk about this this tournament you're about to bring up. Oh yeah, I'm about to bring it up, man. Let's do it. Uh, let's talk uh, League's Cup. Um, so uh, the big news, and I almost forgot about this. I guess with the DC game, I was also at a wedding, guys. I was an incredibly fun wedding. Congratulations to my friends uh, on their on their wedding. I had to be a part of it, so I was not able to watch the game uh, until today. So, but uh, it was a it was a lot of fun. But um, let's talk League's Cup. Uh, this is this dropped last week. So we all we all had the news. Uh, basically, Concacaf. I found this very interesting because uh, I believe they had already kind of put out. So the, the timing of this was I think a few months ago. Concacaf had put out and said, "Oh, we're changing up the League's Cup," and they they were sort of putting out details. And I think this was an attempt maybe to get in front of. MLS and Liga MX kind of like announcing a major league's cup or they were trying to, oh, we need to try something here to keep them invested. Um, Cause that was supposed to have a group stage. It was supposed to have uh, regional matches where it was supposed to be like, um, you know, U S Canada, Mexico, were going to be in a region play matches. Um, and, and then they, uh, that, that kind of died down a little bit. And then we got this announcement uh, early last week saying Concaf's ready to make an announcement. And it was supposed to be the, and everyone was saying, Oh, it's going to be the expanded Concaf champions league. And I'm like, but they already announced that. So, like, what is like, what is this going to be? Um, so, and I, and I think, I think, I think that um, CONCACAF knew what was going to be the main story here uh, was not going to be the expanded Champions League. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll sanction this, but let us have the announcement. And then you guys can do what you want. Uh, because basically, they announced the, 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 the Champions League. Uh, they said, oh, we're having this new format. They went through the Caribbean, Central America. Oh, we're doing this CONCACAF League. Oh, for North America, the League's Cup will now serve as a as a bid. Uh, and it'll be all MLS and Liga MX teams. Three spots, I thought. Is it, is it a three, three spots, Champions yep. League spot? That's so Three cool. Champions League spots. That's uh, how we're going to get in. The, the winner gets – well, the winner gets a automatic berth to the round of 16. The two others have to play in the round of 24. Uh, I am so. My first thought: I think there were some. So there were kind of some reactions. I think most people on the business side who looked at the business side of this, who looked at the uh, the opportunities that this could bring, were like, "This is this is going to be fun." Uh, the league. I, I guess I immediately got on board when the league was like, "Oh, we're taking a month break," and I'm like, yep. "Fantastic!" Yep. Because the biggest problem I've had with the league's cup is like it's shoehorned uh, in the middle of a, a, a of the of the weekly schedule. 
So it almost made no sense to try to, you know, to for a coach, a coach like Peter Vermees has got had to travel. I think he had basically a game on Saturday away. Then he had another game, you know, the the following Saturday away. And he's like, I got I can't I'm going to run my players into the ground. Uh, and he got smoked in that game. Um, and it's it was it was not good. Um, and so I like the fact that they are taking a month break. I like the fact I think this is going to allow for their strongest opponent. Uh, a lot of the arguments are brought up, you know, it's still played in, you know, USA, Canada, you know, how much of a sporting competition it is. Uh, let me tell you that probably most stadiums, League MX fans will probably outnumber or at least be 50-50 with MLS fans. Um, so I don't think that's really a problem. Uh, I've talked enough, John. What are your, give me some of your thoughts about Here, this. About here's this. my simple thought about it. Uh, the MLS season is too long for mm-hmm. all but the most hardcore people that will watch it anyway, no matter what. What can you do to get non-MLS fans interested in MLS. Well, friends, what you can do is take the thing they like the most, which is the World Cup and a knockout tournament, and then do it with the teams that you care about. Have it, stopping it for a month was essential. I think that is key to the integrity of the tournament, to the quality of the product. Um, I, I love it, I love it so much. I love that there's three Champions League spots that come out of it. I think that is a great opportunity DC United's best opportunity <laughs> to get back into the, the the league that I love, the Champions League that I love, uh, and I think that it's going to make for great television, knockout mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be great. It's it's going to give MLS fans a better, a, you know, most teams aren't in Champions League, so a lot of the a lot of uh, like fans that aren't just fans of the league are not watching the perpetual every single year MLS teams get drummed out of the quarters and semifinals. So they're not really getting exposure to Liga MX unless they watch it. So this mm-hmm. is a good way to make every uh, every market in MLS also pay a little bit of attention to Liga MX and, and vice yeah. versa. I think it's, oh, we love yeah. it mucho. The, 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 the official position of this show is that we love League's Cup. I, I think, here here's what I, here's, here's one thing I will say. In my opinion, I think, one thing I would I would be very interested to see change. You, you talk about how like you know people you know we don't watch League MX all the time. It's it's a fantastically fun league. Yep. Imagine MLS style games, but just a little little bit clearly higher quality uh, is the is the way I'll describe it. Even though apparently the deeper the, rosters, yeah. uh, more money spent, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Same same fast like fast like erratic type of play like you'll watch a lot of games that you'll say this kind of reminds me of mls except i'm watching players who clearly get paid a lot more and i can see that on the field on the quality um but uh but uh one thing one thing i think that league mx needs to look at and one thing i've been always very frustrated about um because i've tried i've wanted to get into league mx i've tried watching it my wife my wife's mexican my father-in-law is a big club america fan she's also a big club america fan uh, so i'm looking forward to that if dc gets drawn in a group with club america that's going to be tons of fun for me um, or pain, you know, one of the two. Um, but uh, one thing I think that Soccer United Marketing, I think that um, uh, uh, MLS needs to look at how can we get an actual bona fide English, English broadcast for every single game? Can we get these on ESPN Plus? Can we get these on Paramount Plus somewhere? Can, can we figure out a way to buy up those English language rights? Can we get these League MX teams to say, hey, Bundle those all together. Give them to us. You can still do because this is the biggest problem with League MX is their um, their their contracts. It's sort of very much like uh, like uh, La Liga in that teams sort of negotiate their own contracts. So Chivas has a deal with NBC. Um, you have uh, Club America has deals with Univision. I think Tigres, Monterey, they all are Univision, and then some are on Fox and Fox Deportes. So there's a very staggered amount of coverage there's not a unified place you can go to watch coverage uh, and english language is almost non-existent i actually i on my tv i have the english language sap and i remember i actually sat down for a game and they actually had the the sap coverage i was like oh my goodness it's a game i can actually like know who these players are i can learn a bit about them um and you know so i i think that's something league mx needs to look at because there are a lot of so- that that's a growth opportunity you looked at the mls all-star game the spanish level ratings were fantastic I mean, it was a, a million and a half, you know, viewers for that game. I mean, everybody, you know, who spoke Spanish tuned into that game. Not many people tuned in who spoke English because they're still very much amongst, you know, English speakers, a very Eurocentric feel. If that had been Real Madrid, if that had been Liverpool or Man United, you would have probably had a better English viewer, viewership. Um, and I think and, and I think that 
what Liga MX needs to look at is say, wow, we have so many people here who watch soccer who want to follow our league. You know, maybe we need to give them an English level outfit. You know, you already have two great ESPN commentators, Hercules Gomez, who played in the league, and Zebi Salazar, um, you know, who who watches the league and cares about the league. ESPN seems like a great platform. Put those games on ESPN Plus. Uh, introduce your game to more people. Because um, I think that that's that's where I'm seeing this as great. But I think it could be better if you could make MLS fans care about it more if they learned more about Liga MX, Liga yep. MX sides. Yep. And before so. we and before we pivot to FDC United, I want to thank uh, every all the people who have subscribed to uh, us on Twitch, uh, and thanks to Gregory uh, Koch for continuing to rain subs on everybody. Uh, if you'd like to support the show on Twitch, uh, you can use your Amazon Prime uh, subscription, which renews. You have to renew every month because they like to make it hard. Uh, just go to subscribe and make sure you click the box that says uh, Amazon Prime uh, subscription. Other, otherwise, you could just also support us any other way you want. Anyway, yeah, and uh, sorry, dazed, uh, dazed porpoise ninety seven says it'd be Angus. nice to see. That's Angus. Okay, it'd be nice to see if roster ceilings raised to that of Liga MX rosters. I think that's going to have to happen. I, I think it is high time. I think before this tournament, there's going to have to be some significant investment some significant uh raising of that of that salary cap um it's great that teams are going to get to play their first uh first you know you know first team squads uh but we watched even you know one of the better one of the best teams probably in the league right now seattle looked really good for about 70 80 minutes and then uh i think it was uh, leon brought on some subs and torched them uh for three goals and that was that was all she wrote um, as far as that goes, I think they did score a second goal to kind of make it interesting towards the end. Uh, but I think that's something that has to happen because uh, I think right now, right now, everybody seems to frame it as if like, oh, Liga MX teams blow out MLS teams. It, it's the it, it's becoming a situation where they're losing close. It's losing closely. They they have narrowed that gap. I think they have done a lot to you know get some better talent in there, but the gap is still there, and you really need a lot of things to break your way if you want to beat. Uh, Mexican sides. It's no longer a given that a Liga MX side can walk in and beat an MLS side, uh, but it's still very much Liga MX has the advantage. So hopefully we see some of those, uh, some of those roster ceilings, some of those uh, salary caps get lifted or raised. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's good. That's going to be the fascinating thing to watch over the next over the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, Angus's only team to do it was DCU. Uh, let Let me be clear. I, I celebrate DC United's victory. Um, but let's be clear. Liga MX was not the same league it is now. Um, it has had tremendous amounts of investment that have come in over the recent years. Um, and the amount of TV rights and TV deals is very recent. Um, I, I mean, they certainly were popular. I don't want to go get me wrong, but it's really been over. I'd say the last about 10 years, uh, that Liga MX has really, really grown in popularity, um, and, and, and availability in TV rights. And they've used it to invest in their sides. So there, John. I'm here. Yep. DC. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Let's jump right into. Let's jump right into DC. Uh, let's talk uh, DC United going up, uh, winning four two against uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh, it was a. I said Lucho would score. He did. That's all. He I, did. That, at least there's that. <laughs> I did get that right. I dropped. I, I was. I was feeling a Kamara hat trick, and I saw the amount I could win on it. So I threw five bucks on that just to see. Nice. It's a bad team. Uh, it didn't work out for me. No. Well, work it, it is a pretty rare task that has recently happened. So, <laughs> l- l- let me tell you. Let me tell you about the confidence. The confidence I have in this team. I- I'm always nervous anytime a game starts, no matter how good my team's playing. It's zero zero. So, man, it's like a new game. Anything can happen. Uh, w- once I got the notification on my phone that Pauliola had scored, I was like, okay, this is over. Pack it up. Game over. I, I knew I didn't have to worry. The worry was gone from my face. Um, that when-, when you have a team that's down, that's that's in that's playing badly and you're able to just get that goal first uh that's a backbreaker we've watched it to several many dc teams when we've been we we've been we've been bad and then we give up an early goal and that's it uh we we see it every day on the notifications for loud united games <laughs> when they give up a goal inside five ten minutes we know it's we know it's over man they are just by the way they're having a roof they're just it just gets bad and rough existence them. rough really? existence they are looking i i i have i have a feeling um they are looking forward to maybe going to the MLS, uh, maybe the MLS league. Um, but uh, but let's talk. Let's first talk about, I guess, the goal. Um, I, I believe uh, FC Cincinnati started a little bright, I'd say, for about the first couple minutes. Uh, they didn't generate many chances, but I thought they had a little bit more, a little bit more looks. Um, and I think DC maybe 
was trying to like wake up a little bit. Um, obviously, I think uh, there was a, a nice ball played in, uh, and then uh, Donovan Pines got a shot off. You know, we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, makes a nice save, and then we get a corner kick, uh, a short corner kick, design set play plays to um, Edison Flores, who does a really nice job uh, laying a ball off for Julian Gressel, and Julian Gressel powers it over, and Ariel is there to finish. The first of three for Gressel. First of three for Gressel. He he was lighting lighting it up. Uh, he was that, Adam, that man. Adam that, Taylor says that is officially a Gresselmania. Three assists is a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a for sure. That's what that is. I wonder what the plus. I wonder if there was. I wonder if there was a bet I could make on it. Three, three assists. I don't think they get. I don't think they get into that. <laughs> Be cool if they did. They agree. Um, actually, I don't know if. So I know on Foot Mob, I think Flores got credited with the assist. I think it was the, a secondary hockey hockey style. Yeah, because it goes off his head. It was a little bit fortunate for an assist. I think it just kind of pops out. Um, but anyway, uh, very nicely worked set piece goal. DC, I think it leads the league in set piece goals. Um, and Gressel is a large part of that. He has uh, this his second half of the season. Uh, he is really starting to find his own. Uh, just his his service, I mean, has just been incredible. I think he's uh, up to eleven sub yeah. eleven assists for the year. Let me see real quick. I is think, he I think is he right. an assist leader? Is he an assist leader right now? I'd be he's, curious to see where he got to be. Uh, I, I think I think Carlos Gill is like the only uh, is the only player that maybe has more assists than him. Um, but yeah, he's he's absolutely uh, absolutely lighting it up. Um, he's also th- uh, third in key passes. Uh, Carlos Gill with the only one at uh and, and Reynoso, so he's in he's in good company there. You got Rusnak, Reynoso, and Gill as far as key passes go. Um, and certainly I think if he had he's he is second on assists. Um, he is tied with uh Milanovic from Montreal. Um, as far as assists go, tell you what though, the man is now living up to his his transfer fee. Yep, that yep. was the big thing last year. Was like, man, he did not do it at all. And he said it himself when he was on the show. Like he was like, "This was not. I was not happy with the way things went. Uh, it was a horrible season in front of nobody. So yeah, it sucked. But now, this is this is what you paid for. He is he is now really doing it. It's awesome to see. It is really really incredible to see. Every ball he puts in is dangerous. Everyone, everyone has an opportunity or a chance uh, to to go into the back of the net, and that's really incredible to see. Um, I did want to highlight, um, and I guess we'll get into a little bit more maybe when we talk the second half. I did want to highlight. I decided I was going to sit down and watch the game. I knew, I knew, I knew we were going to talk about. Uh, we were going to talk about Gressel and his assist. We we're talking about Ariola and his goals. Uh, very nice finish. Uh, we're going to get to the, the 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 fourth goal, which was just hilarious to watch in every respect of the matter. Uh, not hilarious for Cincinnati fans, but hilarious for us. Uh, we'll get to that one in a minute. And my thoughts on that. Um, but uh, I wanted to watch Edison Flores. I want to say, okay, how how did he look? He you know he I guess he gets sort of an assist. In this game, um, I thought his first half. I, I heard, I heard, I had heard um, Matt Doyle say he would looked really good, and I saw the first half. Like he was, yeah, he's okay. Uh, his his biggest problem. So he is really good when it's a one-two type of quick play or quick pass or something like that. He is getting really good at that. I mean, when he gets a when it's a one-time pass, he's able to identify that and move. Uh, his positioning is looking a little better. Um, his biggest drawback right now, and maybe this just isn't a skill that he has, is an ability to dribble. Um, he does not have sort of an ability to beat players on the dribble. I can think of one moment when he kind of navigated sort of the tight space. Um, and maybe that's okay. Maybe the team doesn't need that. Um, I, I thought he was good. I think he's he's continuing to have an impact. Um, both of those goals, the um, the first area goal, and the second one started from quick movements and quick passes uh, that he had on the game. Um, so I think that's something positive. Uh, he, he, he still is finding ways to, to, to be a part of this team. Um, if he was a TAM-level player, we might be speaking in a different tone maybe, uh, but he is a DP and he is this team's highest-paid player. Um, so you know, I think, I think he'll, be one to, he'll be one I'll be watching. Uh, he, I think he did play close to a full 90. I think he did play a full 90 for he this did, game. full 90. So I'm not sure if we'll see him rested maybe for this Minnesota game um, or we'll see uh we'll, we'll see him out there. I'd be very curious to see how uh how uh how Lasada handles that. Um but, great header by Steve by the way for the second goal. We'll yeah. get to that. That was a another great ball from Gressel right over the top. You know that uh, the whole hope is that Donovan Pines becomes the aerial threat that Burnbaum used to be on headers. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the threat around goal. And that was sort of a little trip back memory lane where, where Steve had a, like, you know, a couple of those per year uh, back in the olden days. So uh, great to see him do that. He had a, he had a fantastic game 
Foot Mob has him as man of the almost man of the match, eight point six. So that bears out. He he. Cincinnati obviously the last fifteen minutes they scored two goals, ten minutes, uh, but uh, they were pretty well neutered. Uh, yeah, for the first there seventy-five was... minutes of the game, the, uh, and we'll talk about what the result of that was after the game. But yeah, the, the, there was there was one big save. Um, there was one big save. I think Bill Hamid had. I think it was two nothing. Uh, this again shows what Bill Hamid can do for you. That game's two nothing. That ball goes in the net. It's two one. Maybe you give Cincinnati some life. Maybe this result doesn't. Just like go last the way week, right? That yep. that same thing for the last game too. Yep, he he makes the save, keeps it two nothing, and then DC scores. I think at least five ten minutes afterwards, um, a. Uh, um, a kind of a nicely worked attack. Uh, Gressel gets the ball, chips it over. Uh, it's off the head of um, of uh, of Flores, and it finds Ariola who buries it home. Um, I, I think we're going to see. We'll see. I'll be curious to see when the national team comes out because I think Ariola is starting to to find his stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's found he's found his finishing boots, um, and I think those were two big goals for him. He's got you know obviously a Wednesday game. Um, he was subbed out I think at halftime or yep. pretty close to halftime. Him and Nahar and. Uh... And Canals, yeah, you, and love so, the, you love if you're there. Granted, you want to see more goals, but like you, you feel the confidence when it, triple halftime stuff. You're like, all right, cool. <laughs> and you know what the crazy thing was? I got this. I thought they looked better offensively in the second, like the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the second half. They were absolutely. They looked more. The goals were nice, but I, I think two goals off set plays. So you bury those set play chances, which are good. One really only from the run of play. I thought they generated a couple of chances, uh, but they forced uh, they forced the second half. I thought they forced the Cincinnati goalkeeper into into more saves. Um, I thought they looked really good in that. I, I thought Rain Rainer brings a, yep. a certain level of energy uh, that is very noticeable when it's missing um, in this game. Um, not that Ariel wasn't great, not that Flores, and I thought actually Flores looked a lot better in that second half. He actually. He kind of it was very interesting to me how much better I thought he played in the second half, um, how much livelier he looked, how much he was connecting passes, moving the ball. Um, I thought he was actually really, really good in that in that in that for most of that second half before he got subbed out. Um, and Reyna, I thought, was again, I think he, he should have at least had a goal. Um, I believe there was one chance where yep. I think Paredes had a ball right in front of the right in front of the goal. Uh, and I know Reyna hit the post. Yep. Um, so that was that was really good. Let's. Felipe yeah. Felipe also was a very very good player for the second half. He was ninety four percent pass completion, highest yeah. highest favorite on the team. So that was just, to your to your point about how the team looked really dominant. Uh, I think that it's easier, and you know we'll talk about what happened to the coach after the fact. But uh, a team that is down three nothing at halftime on the road in a lost season is going to be sort of roadkill in that second half unless they've got a really inspiring coach and a, and a locker room that hasn't quit. This team doesn't have, didn't have either of those things. So I think that I think some fresh legs and uh, and the players that did come on obviously had good performances. But you're right, the second half, the start of the second half, they were having, they were continuing to have their way with them. Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, barring, you know, barring the last couple of minutes, that's a that's a complete A plus performance. Yeah, yeah. What do we think about the? Uh, I'm curious what we think about the center of midfield. Um, I don't know. I feel like earlier in the year, when when things were kind of dire up top, we talked a lot about we talked a lot about a player like Knauss or a player like Moreno really being those sort of rocks in the center of the field. I, I keep wondering because I, I look at I look at Knauss and I still see the energy. Uh, there's nothing that goes through that center of the field really uh, for for Cincinnati. It was all like out out on the wings when DC was pushed up, um, and 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 in reality, and and you also look at a player. I think a player like Nahar. Pushing up the center gets a lot more of the highlights now than, than a player like uh, like Canals. Uh, but I really do think that Canals and Moreno are very much and – and Moreno has some still has some really nice you know passes to sort of break pressure and break the lines. Um, I, I really think this is a game – I've seen some people kind of kind of dog a little bit on Canals. I still think his energy and what he brings as far as the press and, and sort of collapsing that center of the field and, and really being uh, a pest to deal with um, is really important. Um, and, and I'm not sure if, if Felipe was a little bit younger, maybe I would be saying maybe Felipe deserves a start. Uh, but I think having, having that ability to have Felipe come off on the second half and really continue to kind of lock things down was, was very important. And spell um, in these, in this last two months of really condensed games, I think that there's mm-hmm. a chance you're going to see him. I think you're going to see Moses at some point too. I think he's had yep. a long run on the sidelines here. And I think that, you know, one of these midweek games here, maybe on Wednesday against a Minnesota team, maybe that's when you see him. Who yeah, knows? and and uh, and um, 
Angus is bringing up a good point. Russell, you know, Russell's the defensive midfielder. Moreno's the guy who actually pushes forward uh, because, you know, Nahar pushes pushes up. Someone has to push back because he's the center back. Uh, he's the center back in this team. Um, so I, I think the 3-0 result was I'm sure Lasada was thrilled with that because he's like, okay, now I can I can rest guys. I can mm-hmm. take guys off. I can preserve players, preserve a player like Nahar, who I'm trying to watch minutes, preserve Russell Canals, who's going to be that engine in kind of the middle of the field. Um, I can preserve Ariola, who's looking at, you know, a national team break, um, you know, having to go play national team games. Um, and I think that was really good. Uh, let's talk about the the wild, the weird, the weird uh, fourth goal for DC. Uh, so the ball goes over the top. And actually, you watch. I, I, you probably. I don't know if you've seen the broadcast. I was. Um, the, you know, I was just the. You, you were at the game. <laughs> you were at the game. Uh, so basically, on the broadcast, the ball goes over the top, and uh, uh, Roberta and uh, Devin McTavish in the stand goes, "Oh, he's on. He's onside. Moves forward. The referee raises his flag. There's no whistle. No whistle at all on the field is heard. Uh, so Cincinnati, but Cincinnati probably rightly thinks it's offside. So they kind of let up. Uh, and then Roberta just kind of moves and says, well, I'm just going to go ahead and score because the referee hasn't blown his whistle. He scores. Ref- uh, they call offside. Uh, it gets reviewed. And because the center referee never blows the whistle, uh, it's, it it, it, it's it's a goal. Uh, and, and it's reviewable and a goal. Uh, now, the referees are told to hold their flag. It was it was so plain. Watching the replay, so painfully obvious he was onside. Um, I Devin McTavish, I think, was maybe trying to be nice. He's like, oh, it's close. I, don't know. I, was, I was like, that's onside. Are you kidding me? That is absolutely onside. <laughs> he is he is like at least half a step in front. The guy, the defender is leaning back and his back leg uh, is basically keeping him on. Uh, so, I mean, good on Roberta to, you know, he could have just played the ball out of bounds and oh, I'm offside. Um, but he said, I'm just going to go and have a goal. Go at it. He scores and review happens and it's a goal. Um, so bad, bad on FC Cincinnati for, I think fans were like mad at FC Cincinnati. They were also mad at the referees, but also, uh, you play to the whistle. That's, that's the rules. And, uh, no, everybody seemed very much done with that game. So yeah, weird goal. Weird yes. goal. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about maybe some of the bad things. Um, so I, you know, again, I thought DC dominated the chances. I have to go back and look at the expected goal, but I saw the expected goals was like, I think there was like one expected goal for FC Cincinnati. Uh, first goal uh, kind of comes off a a free kick, I believe, and kind of a scrum in the box. Um, I think uh, Donovan Pines kind of loses his man. Donovan Pines again. I I I I I'm so frustrated because early in the season I thought he had really kind of just locked himself down. He was not making the same types of mistakes. Um, and in this game, we saw a couple chances. I think he hit a shot that was deflected. Uh, did a really good job covering and, and making a really nice tackle. So you see all these physical attributes that he has and this ability, the, the mental side of the game. I think that that needs to be Lasada's project to get him to to develop mentally. The physical attributes are all there. It sort of reminds me of Facundo Urban uh, in that, you know, he was a very good defender. He would do things that very physically, uh, but he was always, you know, had that one error. And he had a couple errors in this game. He recovered on a lot of them. Uh, but but I think a, some of them were were pretty bad, um, and I think he kind of loses his mark on that one. I don't know if he gets the entire blame. It was very much kind of a defensive breakdown in that regard. Uh, second goal was uh, kind of a mistouch, and at that point, you just play the ball out. You surrender a corner, forget it. Uh, he kind of loses it. I forget who recovers it, um, and then they play it to Acosta, who scores a goal. Um, so it's 4-2, maybe getting a little nervous. Um, I think Bill maybe has a, has a couple nice saves uh, towards the end. Towards the end of that game, I think one of them they, they credit on the. Um, I think Stephen Golf talked about it. I, I believe they actually called the player offside on the last save he had. So I don't know if that would have counted. Uh, but again, with VR, who knows? Who knows what happens there? Um, what did you think of the goals? How how hard do you want to be on on Donovan Pines here? I don't want to be too hard uh, on him. I, I think that's sort of my brand generally all the time. Um, so I think, you know, Brian already said it in the. Brian said it in the chat. You got to play to the whistle here. You got to finish the game out strong. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to stress too much about it. It's it's one of those moments where uh, a lapse in concentration hurts you. Luckily, you have a padding of four goals, or at that time three goals, or at that time I guess two goals. Uh, but one of those opportunity to learn. It looked like Lasada had his arm around him on the field after mm-hmm. the game to sort of you know drill, drill that in, which is good. And, and 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 the real the real thing I get about it is he does so many things well. 
he does so many it, he does like five or six things either on the either on the recovery a tackle a block he's out there making defensive plays he was a part of that defensive game plan that that absolutely shut down Lucho Acosta for most of that game really did not he did not have many looks at the ball um and it's it, but it's just it, it's it, he just uh, just a little bit of more sharpness and a little bit more of a mental side i think he's made absolutely incredibly great strides over this season uh and i think he has iron he is showing that he, he he physically he has the ability to do the job it's the mental side that needs to come and i think it'll come uh, i'm not sure if he'll get multi-million dollar transfer fees uh but i'll be i'll be very excited to watch him next year because and he's basically i don't i don't i think even with his mistakes i don't think you see him uh replace uh fred brilliant out on i don't think fred brilliant comes on and replaces him I think he has he has done enough well that and and just how he commits to the press. He's also pushing forward too. You see him push forward a couple times, uh, and he's become very very good at a long ball over the top, winning the ball, getting a head down, finding a DC player, and restarting an attack. You'll watch that a couple times. Um, he's become very good at that sort of stepping up and and making that defensive play. Um, so again, he does so many things well. He's growing as a player. Um, Lasada I think has has done a lot to trust him. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I want to see more Donovan Pines. I, I'm a big Don, Donovan Pines supporter here. It looks like I'm frozen on the broadcast, but I, I hope you can still hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so you just get me staring off sort of, uh, broodingly, uh, off into the distance. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that, that really matters now. What does Wednesday look like? Right. Uh, you've got you got Minnesota United coming to town. I'm still look. I'm still gazing off. Uh, <laughs> you, you got uh, Ernan wants everybody to fill the stadium. We had a mm-hmm. really crowded house in Audi Field uh, on the weekend. Great weather. That helps. Uh, yeah. But the uh, it would be really I'll, I'll be there this Wednesday. Uh, hopefully a lot of our listeners can make it out as well. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an important, important game. I think they should win this game. Uh, I wish that uh, Abila could. Uh, recover from injury in time to get his revenge game opportunity. I don't know that he will, uh, but I'd like to just see that from a, 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 a rotation perspective as well. Very interesting to watch what's going to happen with selection. You know, Ted, you mm-hmm. made a point to that. Three players coming off at 45. Uh, particularly, you know, Ola coming off at 65, making sure that you didn't push him too far. Nigel scoring a goal, maybe that juices him up a little bit. Uh, now that he's finally was finally made available. This was his first game where he was in the 18, right? Mm-hmm. So great for him to get in and, and score a goal. He he's been pretty, uh, I want to say prolific, but he's he's he's. <laughs> he, I don't know what his per ninety is. If someone's look at that, like when he plays, he kind of seems to score. He just doesn't play very often. Yeah, and I mean this goal was a little bit um, sure. interesting. Uh, but you you bring up and you bring up a point uh, sort of about these next two games. So so I, you know I I peruse the the national and, and they're they're starting to talk about a lot on Extra Time Radio who's player of the year. They talk about Kamara. You know, I'm I'm willing to walk that one back, and then they talk about um, they talk about Hernan Lasada, and he's like, it's like, well, he's eighth place in the league. You don't get coach a year to a team that's eighth place, and I'm like, Are, so you, eighth place implies that you you know the top, let's say the top three, you are like top three or four, you're like ten points back of them, you're like fighting for that playoff spot. Um, do, have you seen how tight the uh, the whole Eastern Conference is? Uh, about how there's three points from third to eighth. Is DC really, really like that much worse than uh, Ronnie Dyla up at New York City FC? Um, is it really? I mean, look at they've been neck and neck with now with Philly and Orlando. Uh, it's been incredibly tight. And I and I get a little bit upset. It's like it's trying to like it's trying to like discount what's uh, what what Renan's done and the fa- and <laughs> number one and the fact uh, that he had very little say in the players that he was given, uh, almost no say. Maybe Roberta or Heinz Eich might be the only players, and he's been without Heinz Eich for most of the season. He's not Roberta for most of the season. He's doing this with guys that he literally had no idea, maybe even existed before he took the job. <laughs> like, let's be serious. Like, maybe never. Maybe he heard at least. Maybe he probably heard of Andy Nahar. Um, that would probably it. So it's incredible what he's been able to do to turn this team into a playoff team to get them to believe. Um, as far as tiebreakers go, I do want to mention uh, DC is is kind of a beneficiary here. Uh, they're sort of erratic style. Now, again, maybe if they turn some of those losses, like if they turn half of the, say, five of their losses into ties, that's five points. That would put them safely three points clear in, into third, maybe even competing with Nashville for second. 
Uh, but the when you compare it to the rest of the teams that have struggled, uh, they actually have the upper hand. They have the second most. They're tied for the second most wins. Uh, only uh, New England, Nashville, and New York City have more wins than them. Uh, so, yes, they're dropping some games, maybe dropping some ties and some points, uh, but they're picking up wins. And the tiebreaker in MLS is wins. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch. As we get as we get closer to sort of the end of the season, uh, that might end up becoming a beneficiary if they end up tied on points with teams like Philadelphia, Orlando, Montreal, and they have more wins. You could see them leap over them, uh, and we could have a home playoff game. Uh, I think it's crazy. I kind of like had had reserved myself against a a home playoff game, uh, and now I'm I'm kind of back on board of that being a, certainly being a possibility, uh, considering their upcoming schedule too. They're they're gonna uh, a Minnesota team that has you know been okay. That's a road game. That's a game they're probably a midweek game. They're probably going to maybe be resting some guys. Uh, and then you're going to have uh, Orlando, uh, who, by the way, uh, guess who they get on Wednesday? A road game against New England. Um, so, and they just dropped a, a 2-1 game to uh, to Nashville. Oh, sorry, they played New England last week. 2-1 to Nashville. 2-1 to New England. Now they play Nashville. Uh, so they get the two top teams in the conference, probably the two best teams uh, in the league uh, to start off. And then they play D.C., so, I mean, you're looking at a team basically now, Orlando, which has really been an underrated story, potentially looking at five straight losses by the time they play D.C. So, um, certainly not. Okay, who do we got on the phone? Angus. Angus. We got Angus on the phone. I totally missed that. Angus, sorry. Thanks for waiting, buddy. Yeah, no worries, guys. Can you hear me? Is everything all good? Yep. 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 All right. Awesome. Ted, to quickly add on to your note there, this is an Orlando team that they only beat an injury-riddled D.C. United one nothing the last time they played us, which was at yep. home, albeit. And our home record versus our away record is not great, but something to consider regardless going into this upcoming weekend. Um, was able to attend both Washington soccer games this weekend. Um, and I'd like to, in defense of Donovan Pines, I like to do so much on this show now. Um, I'd like to point out that he was moved to the right-hand side of the three-back in the second half to cover the pacey, the pacey left-hand side of FCC. And once Gressel exited, that's when we saw the last the, those two goals come in. So you kind of saw Donovan get put on an island, um, having to cover between Fred Briant's lack of speed in the middle of the, uh, of the defense and Griffin Yao's lack of defense on the wing. And that's nothing against Griffin Yao. He's not a, he's not a right wing back. He's being forced to play that position because uh, Chris Adoya Achem is out injured still. Hopefully he comes back soon um, and healthy as well. So some, some notes on, on that kind of side of things. My favorite part of the game though was in the first half, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Lucho originally starts off going one-on-one with Andy Nahar, realizes he's not going to get anything off of Andy Nahar, then switches to Donovan Pines only for him not to get anything off of him on the left-hand side of the field either. And then also Donovan Pines dribbles the socks out of Lucho in the second half. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if that came through on the broadcast, but I had a great angle of it in the supporters section. Yeah. Donovan Pines has a lot of skills and uh, I think there's just some, some mental things that he needs to get over. Um, And and I believe he can get over those and, and be a really solid piece in this DC United lineup. Uh, we've been waiting for him to sort of step up uh, and, and sort of replace Brilliant uh, in that center of the field. And honestly, even with the mistakes, I think he's done it. I, I don't. I don't think this team is as effective uh, when when uh, Brilliant's out there versus him. And luckily, we'll have uh, Alfaro back available as well because obviously he was sitting out for yellow card accumulation. Yeah. Um, another quick note on the roster before I jump to my experience the Spirit game. Um, on FootMob, the ratings, right? The only players below a seven were Russell Kanaus and Ola Kamara. Obviously, we talked at length about why Russell's rating probably isn't where it should be because he's doing a lot of things that probably don't come out on the stat sheet. But Ola having a subpar performance to what we've expected out of him this year, um, you know, is that is, is that Jeff Cameron just kind of sticking to him and all of the big-bodied FCC center backs just kind of sticking? To Ola Kamara, and then a slightly taller Nigel Roberta, and a, a much t- more, much more tired FCC backline is a, isn't able to cope with the pace of Reyna and Roberta coming off the bench. I don't know, but uh, food for thought and something to look forward uh, at the midweek games and stuff, and in terms of storylines and, and things on those. On that note, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you bring up, you bring up an interesting point. Um, but I mean, I think that that gives you an ability. Um, you know, when you when a player is being marked, it gives other players opportunities to score. And we saw like Ariola take advantage on of that. back post, uh, bas- yep. back post run scoring goals. Yep, exactly, exactly. What Ariola was able to make those goals. Is, is it's those intangible? They don't really come through on the stat sheet, but still, you know, we're expecting Ola to score or miss anywhere upwards of five chances a game. Right. Um, yeah. So, food for thought. We'll see how he does in the midweek. Um, I think we'll see some bars. Talk about the spirit game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was at the spirit game. Um, I arrived pretty much right before kickoff. Uh, I, I, I carpooled with a couple of the people who who uh, don't, didn't want to drive out to Segra because they lived in the district and stuff. So, that was pretty cool. Um, I did find it a little interesting, and I'm assuming this was planned before the spirit missed two two straight two straight games, one being at home, one being away. But I did find it interesting that the game uh, where the spirit uh, squadron had announced that they would not they would be starting their their protest, um, the spirit handed out thundersticks to everyone in attendance, or at least the first two thousand fans to uh, to uh, enter the gate. Um, I don't know if I, that's a little. I saw it on TV, I guess. I was curious about that as well. Um, I, I have a set still in package if anybody wants it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll give it away to chat at some point. I, I don't know. Really there you care. go. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was a fun. It was. It, it's weird. Um, Segra plays different than Audi. Um, I mentioned this before, and it. Yeah, no wonder uh, the Spirit haven't been able to win a game at Segra, and it took facing a, albeit now rejuvenated. Kansas City side with all the trades they've been making recently, but up until that point, a, a very kind of sluggish and, and and last place, I believe, Kansas City side. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was interesting. Also, fun fact: I almost almost got out of there with a uh, match ball because the ball went over the supporter section into the woods, and I went and grabbed it, and uh, security clocked me as I was about ah, 20 to 30 man. yards from my. I was very, very. Those things are rocks. No wonder people get concussions from heading those kind of balls. They are hard as nails. Yep. They are pumped up. No wonder they go floating. Yep. And don't don't get hit in the head with one from a kick from Kaka so, or uh, Kaku. It's Kaku. I don't know what to say. Kaku. Yeah. Or, or or the throwing from the uh, New England defender. Yep. <laughs> All right, Angus. Thanks. Thanks so much for calling in, buddy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. If, yep, uh, if, you ever, if you ever see Angus in a tailgate, uh, he has all of my stickers, so go see Angus. You can get them from him. <laughs> you got, I, just so just so everybody knows, I think I've, I've teased this on Twitter. I will be in Orlando, actually. I will be traveling uh, to a road game. Uh, I'll be watching that game thanks to the Screaming Eagles for for supplying those tickets. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back and get my ticket, but they, they were supplied them to me, uh, so that's great. Um, but, yeah, but uh, that should be fun. Um, and, uh, so if you're tra- if you're making the trip down, uh, feel free to, uh, say hi, uh, stay to say hi. Um, so, uh, let's, I'm trying to think of anything else. Do we want to talk, we want to touch a little bit on the, on the training facility yep. that is that apparently going to be finished. And then let's wrap it up. Yep. Um, so the, uh, basically I, I think golf is sort of concerned, confirmed that it's going to be open. Uh, this has been a thing that was probably supposed to be ready sometime middle of last year, I think was the original goal. Uh, obviously, COVID happened. There were delays. Uh, I think the team, uh, the reason the team now is very excited to get a bunch of owners in, uh, they just announced, uh, officially announced Yogata, along with some other uh, pro- more prolific owners, uh, is to raise capital to to help pay for some of those facilities and also try to get it done. Um, it, it's incredibly important for this team. This is something that under is very underrated. The stadium is nice. It's great to have a, a, your own stadium, your own facility. A uh, place you can call home. As much as we miss RFK, you know, financially, that's great for the club. But gives them a staple inside DC. Uh, training facilities are probably one of the most underrated things, in my opinion. Uh, a player comes, where is a player going to spend most of their time under contract with DC at the training facility? Mm-hmm. Uh, if your training facility is non-existent, uh, it's it's bad, uh, and it, and it can affect who you can sign. It can affect how happy players are. Uh, it can affect a lot of things. Um, so it's very it's very good that the team uh, finally has that facility. They've needed it for a long time. Is it the flashiest thing in the world? Nope. It, it looks like a field house. Um, you know, we, we've seen New England, L.A., Atlanta, 
all come out with, you know, very flashy looking training grounds. This is not it. This is not going to get on the front page of MLS soccer. You're not going to see this splashed everywhere. No, <laughs> uh, it looks but, it looks like where your kid goes and plays gymnastics on the weekend or yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever it, it is. But, you know, if if it has decent facilities, if the players are comfortable being there, if the players like it, uh, if the amenities inside are good. Um, I, I'm really hoping we they, they, if, if DC wants some content when that thing opens, give us a tour. Yep. Uh, show show off some of those things, even if it's not great. At least show us that there's some there's some good things in there. Um, and, you know, at least having the facilities good. Uh, John, you've, you've been you maybe have been a little bit more critical about this. But no, uh, I think, you know, I think I think you make a good point. Like uh, it's what's inside that matters. This is not a team. I think it's actually it's a perfect analog for the team. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> we don't we're not competing with Atlanta. Like that's yeah. not where we that's not where we sit. And uh, the Revs have been playing in Foxborough for their entire existence. Don't have a stadium of their own. So that's where they put some of their capital. They put it into a nice, fancy uh, uh, facility, not in Boston, but around it in the in the general New England area. Um, would it have been would it be nicer to look nice? Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. It's going to be a step up from RFK and all of the things that they're playing in now. It is far away. That is, we have. There's no denying that. That will be annoying to some teams. That will be annoying to some or to some players that come here and realize that that's going to be their life. But um, it's a, it's a net positive. It, it was never going to it, it was never going to really blow anyone away. Um, I'm glad they're finally finally finishing it and they can get in there and see what it's actually going to be like. Uh, would it have been nice if we had uh, Arthur Blank money and could build what looks like a uh, a D1 college facility? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. But we don't. So let's just move on from that and live in the real world that we and, that we live in. And let's be clear: there's a lot of room. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of land out there. Uh, there. There is absolutely no reason why this team, say this team gets a a flashy owner down the road. Something happens. The team, you know, brings on a, a new majority owner that that's willing to to splash the cash that they could uh, they could renovate or modernize or put it, sink money into to expanding uh, that training facility. I, I don't think this will be. That it will not look like this. It's for... modular. Yeah, <laughs> that's the good part about this. They could just they could just uh, take a sawzall on one of the side of the things and just yeah. add some more and and build some more. Um, I I, I do hope the, the grass fields are great as far yep. as training fields is a little juxtaposed to the idea that your training fields are, are grass and, and nicer uh, than Segra. Um, I will never I, play there. So the only person that affects is Loudon. Yeah, Loudon and the Spirit maybe, but uh, we'll see. And the the DC women's whatever DC women's team. Come, comes aboard um or just season. roll some turf and just just push it right on top of the right just tamp it, it down well you know and but but i do think you know i i i think i would i hope beyond hope golf is very negative on this idea i hope beyond hope that they get to a certain point maybe they get some more investors in and they're like you know what let's let's build seg let's get a grass field on segra let's let's, let's rip up that turf get a grass field we'll see let's I, put I a know. press box Somewhere in the facility. <laughs> let's let's build that stadium out. Yeah. Let's build that stadium out. I I do honestly. Some part of me does think like twenty thirty years down the road, if like they outgrow Audi Field, that they maybe look to like Loudon as like a as a spot to like plop a you know super thirty forty thousand seat stadium. I don't know. That's that's pie in the sky type type stuff. Uh, it would take a lot to to leave that to leave that to leave Audi Field. But would. that's that would be amazing. It, if we'll be we'll be old and the podcast will be in year. <laughs> 47 or 43 maybe we'll that would be happening well we won't be doing podcasts at 8 30 we'll have to do them at like 6 30 <laughs> yeah, denny's special we'll do five <laughs> o'clock start time all right folks i think that's gonna do it for today um like i said john will be at the game on wednesday i'll be traveling to orlando so we're gonna have full-on like their correspondence maybe, yeah. maybe i'll take over take over instagram let me say instagram twitter like do you want us to get like a tiktok like oh, where, where do you where do you want to where do you want to see me cover my, my trip to Orlando? Um, I, I will be happy to do that for you guys, uh, to give you guys an, some insight into there. Um, I'll step up my game in that regard. And you can have your dad hand the phone. You can hand the phone to your dad as all the Orlando fans just like uh, surround you <laughs> and pour beer in your head. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Apparently, apparently, uh, uh, one of our uh, rich says Orlando's fine. Orlando's good. Uh, but hey, if you're a Lando fan listening to the show, uh, I'm always I'm always down to to meet to meet cordially, 
cordially. Yeah, I'd say always down to meet's got sort of like a meet me in Temecula vibe. Uh, if you remember that that old meme, uh, I will. I will. I will have a friend there. The best fan from my wedding, uh, who actually just followed the show, is going to be uh, is going to be down there. He, he lives there, so uh, he's going to be heading out to the game too. So should be should be lots of fun, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, subscribe on Twitch. Gregory, Gregory's out there gifting subscriptions. <laughs> we love it. Dropping, he, he shows us the love. Uh, but uh, but guys, if you if you have your uh, your Amazon Prime, uh, most people do. A lot of people do. Uh, go ahead and uh, and drop that subscription um, for for Amazon Prime. Uh, and also, we still have our Patreon. Uh, we still have our Patreon, patreon.com slash refugees. Uh, so definitely drop that, uh, drop that in the Patreon if you don't want to do it on a Twitch, whichever, however you want to do it. We, we love the support you guys give us. It's been or awesome. Or just come say hi to me at the Screaming Eagles tailgate. And, and instead of making me go from the deck into the bar to get another beer, just bring me one. Just bring just, me one. <laughs> just assume, just assume I need another one. And then, then bring, we're good. Bring, bring John stadium beers. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, that works. That's what you do. All right, folks. Thanks again so much for listening. We will catch you guys. I don't know if we're going to do a podcast Monday post. Oh, you'll be at the game, so probably not. Probably not. We'll see you guys on Monday. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.